Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, hey everyone, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to Online Church here at the chapel. My name is Adam Scharf and um, I'm one of the guest speakers that comes from time to time to the chapel to share with you. And today you've got me for just a few minutes and um, I really want to just take the time today to, to talk about the church. I want to talk about um, where the church began and what the church is and what I think the church should become or what the church should embody. Of course, the church is not just the building. Um, we meet in buildings, but the Bible teaches us that the church is the body of Christ. It's the collection of all of the believing saints. The Bible teaches us that each one of us supplies something to the body. Uh, we're all knit together in this corpus, this community of faith called the church. In fact, Jesus said himself in scripture, I'm building my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. I want to encourage you today. Uh, it's important to have an understanding of the vitality and the importance of the church. So before we read scripture and get into it, let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for everyone that's online today, wherever they're at, uh, in, in terms of their location or whatever time zone or what time they're watching this. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them even now, Lord, right through what they're watching. Lord, I pray that you would bring the word of God alive inside of them today, that you would bless people, that you would challenge people, that you would encourage people and give them hope. Father, your word is a two-edged sword. It's sharp. It cuts to the very core of who we are and changes us from the inside out. Lord, I pray we would be open-hearted enough to receive you, uh, your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said earlier, it's vitally important to have a good theology of the church. And in talking about the church, in being in ministry for about uh, 20 years, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of Christians over the years about the church and the importance of the church and, you know, style and, and, um, and model and all these sorts of things when it comes to the church. And one thing that kind of comes up periodically uh, in conversations, people say to me oftentimes, oh, wouldn't it be great? to have a church like the Book of Acts church. Wouldn't it be incredible to go back to the first century and have church the way they, wouldn't it be great to go back and have that? And I kind of know what they're saying. I, I, I know they're saying, oh, we want to experience the presence and the power of God like the first church did. We want to see the miracles that, 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 that they saw. We want to see the increase in the blood and all that sort of stuff. And I get that, that's great. But if you ask me, do I want to live in the first century without running water, without electricity, uh, where food was scarce, famine, uh, living under the Roman Empire? The answer is a solid no. But I do think there are some, there are some theology that we can pick up from Scripture. There, there, there's an understanding of what the church should look like. Maybe not identically in model, but definitely in spirit and in form. And so today we're going to read uh, just a short passage of Scripture, which I believe highlights a few distinct things that the church should be regardless of time or century that it exists in. I think like never before, it's actually important for believers like you and I to have a revelation of what the church is and what the church is about. So for the next few moments we have together, let me read with you a passage of scripture. It comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it goes right to the beginning of uh, chapter 3 in the book of Acts. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. 
and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together breaking bread in their homes and receiving food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and then it says and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved what an absolutely incredible thing to be a part of so growing up in church my senior pastor would preach this message once a year and I thought it was great wisdom for him to preach once a year he preached from this exact text and of course in the new king james version of the bible right above verse 42 it says this heading it says a vital church grows from the outset as believers we must understand that the church is vital there's no plan b for for the earth for the salvation of mankind jesus came he died he was buried he rose again on the third day uh, setting the captives free giving liberty and freedom to all salvation has been broadcast across the earth, ready to be, to be received by mankind. The problem is Jesus has entrusted the propagation of the gospel. Mark chapter 20, oh, sorry, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, the Great Commission, that rests on our shoulders to carry out that task. So the church is vital. It's an integral part. Like I said earlier, there's no plan B. Jesus said, go into all the world. And right here in the book of Acts chapter 2, um, obviously the backdrop, for that was the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit filled those 120 believers in the upper room. And then Peter steps out boldly in faith and declares the gospel, preaches the house down, absolutely delivers a cracker of a sermon. And 3,000 people get saved in one day. And then we pick up there in verse 42, and it says, A vital church grows because the body of Christ is vital to humanity. And if we read those, uh, th- uh, those few verses very clearly, you'll see quite quickly that there are some distinctives that were operating in the early church that caused it to be so vital, to be revolutionary, to be an organization, and not just an organization, but really more of an organism, more of a living, breathing entity that was changing lives in the first century. The very first thing, very quickly, is that the the vital church that grows must must be purposefully disciplined. This group of people were purposefully disciplined. I'll tell you what they did. It says that they gathered together daily in the temple and they gathered together regularly in one another's homes. They, they made a practice of gathering together. You know, in this season post-COVID, the tendency for a lot of people that I've spoken to is to just, you know, watch church online. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're doing it right now. It's awesome. Better that you do that than not at all. But can I encourage you, as the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering together of the brethren. Why? Because it says they came around and they and they learnt the apostles' doctrine. It says they they continued or they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. There is a sacred power in coming around the word of God as it's being taught by one of God's pastors, one of God's leaders, one of one of the church's uh, um, representatives, if you will. People like myself, people like Pastor Daz, Pastor Bron, who are teaching the word, who are charged by Jesus. with caring for your soul with rightly dividing the word of truth that's a hugely important part of what the early church did it says they devoted themselves they devoted themselves 
to the apostles' doctrine. In other words, they were inclined. They were purposefully disciplined around gathering together for the purposes of learning, following, discovering Jesus. So that's our first observation. If we want to be a vital church that grows, and can I suggest that's the heart of God. The heart of God is that the church will grow. It will influence. It will make a difference in our culture. And wherever you are, wherever you're seated, wherever you're standing, maybe you're on your way to work and you're listening to this, I've got to remind you that you are vital. You're a vital part of the body. With you missing from the body, there's something that the church is, there's some supply that the church is missing out on that only you can bring to the church. That's why a vital church is made up of people who are purposefully disciplined. I love the fact that they were devoted to meeting together. Fellowship. See, fellowship is not just hanging out, eating some beef jerky together, right? Or having some pork sliders together like we did earlier in church. I'll tell you what fellowship is. Fellowship is where we come together with a spiritual goal in mind. Um, The word fellowship in the Bible is, I mean, many of you know it. It's koinonia, the Greek word. It means to be connected to one another beyond beyond just physical friendship. It's a spiritual connection that we have with one another. And can I submit to you, suggest to you that that the, the fellowship that you have with another believer right, is vitally important for your spiritual walk. It's, it's such an important part of your growth. In fact, as a spiritual discipline, I believe it's up there with your, your time studying the word, your time in prayer with Jesus. That They all work together to complete um, the disciples' uh, disciplines, if you will. So here they were. They, they, they were not forsaking the gathering. In fact, it was an intensified gathering. It says they met together daily in the temple. Now, we live in the 21st century, not in an agrarian society anymore. It's very difficult for us to maybe gather on a daily basis in the church. But the spirit or the heart to be connected to a larger body of people, I believe, should be in the forefront of our mind and in our heart. It would be a travesty, I think, for the believer to disconnect themselves from the life of the greater body of the church because that person as they isolate themselves the bible says if we isolate ourselves we seek our own desire and we rage against all wise judgment one of the best things for your growth as a believer is to be around people right that are going to challenge you as, as the bible says like iron sharpens iron look from time to time i know we can get a bit rough around the edges can't we right and we tend to get rough around the edges when we're isolated from those who help rub those rough edges off That's the beauty of marriage, right? (laughs) We tend to rub the rough edges off our spouse and vice versa. And that's what community is for. We do life together. We follow Jesus together, right? That's the beauty of being a purposefully disciplined follower of Jesus. And that's what makes the church vital. Second thing is there was a passionate partnership. There was a passionate partnership between those people in the early church. I believe that people that go to church shouldn't just go to church, but they should be well integrated into that community. I believe we should be people that are willing to share generously with those around us. I believe there's something very special when we unite ourselves with a group of people and we yield our hearts and, uh, and our minds and our, I suppose there's three things that Jesus really desires for you to engage in the life of any community as the church is vital. It would be your time, your treasure, and your talent. I think they're the three things that are, that are very connected to the heart of humanity. And if we can be a people that yield our time, our treasure, and our talent for the glory of God in service to the church, and I don't just mean service to the building, I mean service to the people of the church, the people that we identify with. See, you and I are both citizens of this country, Australia, and we're proud Aussies, right? But I think 
what's as important, if not more important, is our spiritual citizenship. Our spiritual citizenship is that we are sons and daughters of heaven. Heaven is our true home. This life that we're living right now, we're just living in a tent, all right? It's temporary. It packs up when we die and we establish ourselves in heaven when we live for all of eternity in the presence of God. But what we do right now matters. It's vital to the kingdom of God, what you bring to the table. So that's the second thing. They were in passionate partnership together. What were it? Number one, they were purposefully disciplined, right? They gathered together regularly. Second thing, they shared all things in common. They were willing to bring their time, their treasure and their talent to bear for use in the furthering of God's kingdom in that community called the church. That's what made it vital and that's what made it grow. Second thing was there was a powerful presence. Sorry, the third thing, there was a powerful presence of God. So let's go through those again. Number one, they were purposefully disciplined. That's, that's absolutely vitally important. We discipline ourselves to A, be in church, be around other people, whether it's in home style church gatherings for Bible study or whether it's in corporate. It's not either or, it's both end. Second thing, they were passionately partnering with the life of their local church. I would encourage you to do that as well. This is a great church, great ground to sow in. And the third and final thing is that there was a powerful presence of God. Friend, we have to understand our faith is not purely academic and it's not only practical. It is most definitely spiritual. Can I encourage you? Jesus described God the Father as spirit. And we need to make sure that we're connected to God spiritually. So many believers today are just connected to God in a modal way, right? They go to church. They're in faith mode. They're in Christian mode. They're, they're roboting their way through life. They understand what's written in the Bible. They're good theologians. They're good studiers of the word. But theology is only good theology when it's applied spiritually and practically to our lives. You can't robot your way through faith, right? God is not just there to be learned about academically. God is also uh, uh, God, God also intends for himself to be experienced spiritually. And I would encourage you right off the back of, of, uh, of Sunday where we're talking here today. Um, I encourage the church this morning here at the chapel to be people that were passionate about their uh, relationship with Jesus. Passionate about their time in the presence of God. I want to encourage you. The book of Hebrews says that, that we can come boldly into the throne room to obtain grace in our time of need. That speaks to God's intent for us. It, it's, it, it's, like, it, it's like at home in my house. My kids don't, you know, send me a text and then call me later and then um, knock on the door. If they want something from dad, they just burst in the room. Dad, I need 20 bucks. I'm like, go get a job. <laughs> but in all reality, that's what God's like. God wants us. He's our father. The Bible says we're, we're, we've been adopted into the family of God, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba's just the Hebrew word, means Daddy God. Now, that sounds weird in a prayer meeting. I would encourage you not to pray Daddy God, but that's the level of intimacy that, that God desires to have with you and with I. He wants us to approach me, oh, Dad, help me with this thing. Dad, I want to pray for my son, my colleague, my brother, my God, help me. Dad, help me with my business. Dad, I'm broke. <laughs> you know, I would encourage you, understand that your, your Christian faith is not just one of practicality, going to church, ticking the box, obeying all the Ten Commandments. That's not the sum total of our faith. Our faith is not about religion and moralism and how many boxes you can tick. Our faith in Jesus is one to be experienced. We know that from the book of Acts chapter 2. 120 people all praying there together with one accord, unified, 
They were praying. They were believing. And guess what? The Holy Spirit came and filled that room and filled them with himself. He, 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 for want of a better word, he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they begin to speak in other tongues. Now, that's a whole other teaching. That's a whole other sermon. But what I want to say to you today is Jesus didn't say, well, go out there and preach the gospel and go to church and do good works. No, he didn't. He began the church. He birthed the church with a spiritual experience. And I want to encourage you. Be somebody that's looking, that's seeking, that's searching to have powerful presence of God moments in your life. Like Moses had a burning bush experience, a defining moment. It was a powerful presence of God moment. Joshua, before he entered into the promised land, he had a powerful God encounter in the presence of God. The early church, the vital church that grew, had a powerful presence of God moment. Look, at the end of the day, the church... The body that we belong to absolutely is vital. It's vital to our communities. It's vital for our families. It's vital for our culture that the church is strong, that we're bound together with purposeful discipline, in passionate partnership, in powerful presence of God moments. What do you think about that, eh? I'm a true Pentecostal preacher. I have to alliterate everything. I can't help myself. But here we are. Come on. The church is vital. It's important now like never before for believers to have a good theology of what the church is church is not just a building it's not just a service it's who we're called to be we're called to be the family of god carrying the good news of god into our world and it's that vitality that we bring to the body that causes the church to grow god bless you have a great day hey again thanks so much for joining us on this podcast whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.